is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hey, y'all. Welcome to week three of my September sort of sabbatical. This week, I want to take you way back to an episode that I shared at the start of 2019, but that has been forming over the last three years because three years ago this month, I started a a coaching membership. So today's episode is coaching memberships, 10 things I learned by starting before I was ready. So the beginning of January, 2019 might seem too far gone, like life has changed too much since then to be relevant, but some lessons stand the test of time. These lessons came about 18 months after launching the Soulful Success Coaching Membership Community. I launched it before I felt ready, and that's where the magic was. It was in the starting before I was ready that I learned these lessons I'm sharing with you today. I think we all need to do something even when we feel unsure or unready Has that not been all of 2020? So I'm hoping these lessons will feel especially relevant to you now. And for those of you who are contemplating or working in a membership, you will especially find these lessons helpful. I know that people often want to pick my brain about coaching memberships, and I send them straight to this episode. If you're feeling unready for whatever you're feeling pulled to create next, keep listening because I'm sure one of these many lessons will resonate with you. I hope you enjoy and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, friends. I've missed you. Yes, I've spent quite a bit of considerable time focusing on my one thing, my membership program, growing that and loving on my people. And so for a time, I put down my microphone and created just for them. But now I'm back. So we're calling this season two. And I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode the things that I learned from starting a coaching membership program before I was ready. Um, So here we go. Episode number 34. I'm excited to be back and have a listen. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite life and business coach, Allison Crow, And I'm here to give you a list. I have a list today. I have a list. So hopefully I will talk straight. So um, yeah, just a pause, a pause for gratitude, a pause. (laughs) Did you hear the dog snore? I'm totally going to turn this into a podcast too. So podcast listeners, listen up. Here's the deal. I had somebody, it was so funny. I had somebody totally ream me for doing a podcast the way I do my podcast. You don't have to be a fan, but I'm going to do my podcast the way I do my podcast. So sometimes I'm going to record live videos and take that content and turn it into a podcast. So here's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the 10 things I learned about starting a coaching membership community before I was ready, now that I'm 18 months in. So um, two years ago in January of 2017, I knew that I was supposed to change the way I did my business from a heavy high-end fee one-on-one and group circles, high-fee group circles to a coaching membership. I had the vision I actually shared with the client today. I said one of the seeds of this was from the joy I had of being a coach in an office. I loved being a coach in an office. I loved the time at the coffee cooler. I loved lunch times. I loved happy hours. And I loved all the meat in between. I loved the training. I loved the coaching sessions. And many of us who are working online don't have that kind of community, um, that kind of context for our learning and coaching. And it can be really isolating. And so... um, (sighs) wrote these notes a few days ago. 
My mission is to create better life and better work through coaching. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Mary. Um, the first thing I want to say is that I'm really glad that I started before I knew what I was doing. I had actually taken Tribe by Stu, um, I can't, that's Stu Westcock. I can never remember his name. I don't know why. I listened to his podcast. I took his class. I just know him as Stu. And so I took that class. It was super helpful. I went through, I thought about it. Um, I didn't even finish it before I was ready. Um, but I'm so glad that I started before I knew what I was doing. And the slash to that is I'm so grateful to the people that were willing to start with me before I knew what I was doing, who said, I don't care if it's new. I don't care if it's in its infancy. Um, I want to go with you. And many of those people are what I call my super soulies now. They've been in my program for well over a year. Some of them have been in the program from the first day it opened. And I'm so thankful for them. And it's so fun. I remember there was a day when, when the program was growing and a whole bunch of new members came in. This was really early on. I probably had about 20, 25 members and it went to 35 real quick. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of people left all in one day. And all in one day, I panicked. It was a big chunk of income and people leaving. And I was like, what did I do wrong? And they wanted the group to stay small. And what I love now as we have um, 86 and it's going to be 87 by the end of the day, um, we have 87 members and, and they are loving the growth. They are seeing the value in the growth of community. They're not seeing the takeaway. There is no takeaway. So number one, I'm glad I started before I knew what I was doing and I'm grateful for those. That's what I want you to know is that there are some people in your tribe, in your community, in your sphere of influence that they don't care what journey you're going on. They just want to be on it and they will go eat with you even though you're not ready. And so I'm telling all my clients, one of the things I'm telling them is act fast. Don't wait until you're ready. Uh, number two, this was actually really helpful and kept me sane. I spent quite a bit of money. I spent about $12,000 up front to build out a separate website, um, separate systems. Um, actually, if you add another $6,000 in branding, so I spent $18,000 between random systems and infrastructure that keeps me sane. And so the things about like charging and if somebody's credit card fails um, and what happens so that I wasn't managing, hi Christy, so that I wasn't managing all these payments. So I only have to get involved if their credit card fails twice and then I just lovingly nudge and I actually probably can pass it off to my assistant. Um, but there's a reason I don't because I just like to stay connected with my clients. So I, I would really, if anybody's considering this, I really say invest in the tools, invest in the tools. That's the other thing my membership program has is it has access. So like someone recently joined and I, I have 18 months of content. And if you join now, you don't have access to all 18 months. Now I am as a gift releasing some of that content. Um, but, you know, the people that have been in a long time have earned it, <laughs> they've paid for it. So systems and infrastructure keep me sane so that I don't have to spend time doing systems and infrastructure. Um, the systems and infrastructure I use are Entreport and I have an Access Alley website. Um, I actually hired somebody that is an expert in Access Alley and Entreport. I hear many, 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 many clients using Kajabi, uh, many friends using Kajabi. I see some of the people I take classes from use Kajabi. There's all kinds of things out there. So I can't say which one is best. I think that Entreport and Access Alley is a little bit complicated, but I also built my system. So this is this is kind of um, 2A or 2B, I built my systems as if I already had 333 people. So I, I built everything and scheduled everything and approached it as if it was already huge because I was building my future to come towards me instead of me going towards my future. Okay, number three thing I learned. Less is more. I'm an over-deliverer and it overwhelms people. I'm an over-deliverer and overwhelm. I give too many choices. Um, and I'll get to, to something else about that. But less is more. If people are overwhelmed, they leave or they don't engage. And some of those people who don't engage stay. <laughs> um, there's a whole nother conversation around that too. It's just pretty cool. Um, number four, you cannot be attached to clients and how they show up. Um, if I got my feelings hurt, 
or took it personally that a client doesn't show up regularly. So I just had a conversation with a client who is building her own world in her own membership community. And she was, she, she's actually going to leave a message for my fellow Solis. Hi, Deidre. Hi, Camille. She's going to leave a message for them saying at one point I was cutting expenses and I thought about cutting this group. And she said, no, I just realized even if I can't absorb all the content, I want to be in the orbit because one insight is enough to change everything. And I know myself, I was in a program where I never showed up live. I paid $300 a month. I never showed up live. Actually, 400 I paid $397 a month. I never showed up live and I got two things from that program that absolutely changed everything that were worth 10 times the price I paid. And so you can't be attached to clients and how they show up. Now, I do think there's a way for us to lead and us to encourage clients to show up. But also, I really instill a sense of it's a it's a mutual relationship of like, Hey, if you show up this way, I'm going to meet you here. And if for some reason you want to show up differently, I'm okay with that. But I try to teach my clients to be self-accountable. I have the accountability built in. You will come and get it. But I'm not going to call you. So this was interesting. I've had, um, I had one person that actually left the program and she, you know, she said, I want to quit. Um, and I'd like a refund for my last month. All of a sudden she got mad at me. And so I sent her an email and said, I have refunded your last month and I've canceled your membership. Thank you so much for your season with me. And she wrote me back an email cussing at me because she was mad that I didn't challenge her wanting to quit. And so I I just don't work with that shame, blame and guilt. I'm not going to teach you how to show up. I'm going to tell you the options for showing up and I'm going to encourage you to be your best self, but I can't make you do anything. So um, I really, you know, I really, I work with a lot of high achievers and a lot of shower uppers. And I kind of knew from the very beginning that a third of my members would be silent watchers. And they are. And every single month. So like there's Jennifer right there. Like Jennifer doesn't show up to, I think she's been to two or three live calls and she came to the live event. But I know that Jennifer is the kind of human being that gets exactly what she needs when she needs it. And there's, so there's no place for my ego. I get to trust my clients that they're doing what they need. And so I have to check my ego at the door. Um, I will say there's this whole three month thing. Um, I have learned, this is part of the systems too, that, and I knew this even before the membership coaching in a, in any long-term coaching agreement, uh, around three months, a client gets bored or confused or thinks it's not working and they tend to want to go away. And um, for, for whatever, their excuses start coming up. And really, three months is a time to dive in. It was one of the reasons when I was doing one-on-one coaching, I always started with seven months because we want to get through that. It's like in, when you're dating, three months is the make or break at time. And so... Um, three months is actually a recommitment time. And so one of the systems I want to implement is at two and a half months, let them know that I know they're thinking about leaving and to really look at that. Big ass lurker. I love Hey, you are not the biggest ass lurker. I, there's quite a few. You and I have interactions all the time, sweetie. And it's okay. I was, that's what's so fun is that I was a lurker for a year and a half in a program and I got something out of it. So I trust that. Such a great lesson. Um, okay. This is one I screwed up big time on. Actually, we're getting, we're getting to the things I failed at. Um, so one of the things I did when I was a one-on-one coach and charging a lot of money and when I charged nine, $10,000 for a group program is I created powerful agreements and I called forth my clients, um, greatness and I called forth their commitment and agreement I invited them to to play full out or to play in the way that works. And for some reason, I made up that because this was membership, that even though I'm giving $30,000 of value, that I didn't have to take that so seriously. And so, I don't know, three or four months ago, it hit me in the head. Actually, one of my brilliant clients was like, I'm so fucking confused. And I realized I, I didn't teach people how to use this program. I didn't teach people how to be all in if they wanted to be all in. And so that's part of the, it wasn't simple. So it was overwhelming. And then they get fuzzy and they're like, yeah, this isn't for me. And a lot of that is, is on me. And so part of that is create agreement and call forward commitment as if it's one-on-one. And so I do it in a little bit different way. Um, but now as a part of my onboarding process to have my clients check in how to get the most out of this program and to create agreement. 
Um, I'm just going to go in order. There's some that have to do with that, but I'm going to go in order. Okay. Create a common language. (laughs) This is what I did really late. And once I did, things really started taking off. So I'm wearing my Breathe Y'all t-shirt. My year-long members are called Super Solis and they get a Breathe Y'all t-shirt. We have common language. My clients that we just know, we talk about being a decider. We talk about Breathe Y'all. We talk about more love, not less. Um, We're going to be starting to talk about go after something, right? So I'm also moving out of a highly feminine time um, into a balanced masculine and feminine. And so we're going to take the inner work and the spiritual work and the, the alignment. We're going to go slow to get an alignment and then fast to go create something. Um, but creating a common language. So creating a common language helps community. People stay for the community. Um, and, and so anything I can do to foster that is helpful. Um, so figure out what you're going to call your people, figure out, just start creating that common language because they see it a lot across the way. Bring on the masculine. I know Debbie, you're going to love it. Um, one of the, um, things that I started doing. So like, I see my Soli's on here. I see Soli Jennifer. I see Soli Mary. I see Soli Debbie. Um, and so when I would be on live streams and doing my marketing and talking to my Soli's, um, or I'd say, hey, Solis, you're going to get this in the program. I had people started to message me and say, I want to be a Soli. It's the exact same thing I was offering before, but now there's this true sense of membership. Of, there is a label of belonging that I didn't realize tricked so much of a psychological brain. Okay, number seven, churn is a thing. There is this thing called churn and that is called the coming and going. So in my one-on-one agreements and my group agreements, those were long-term agreements. And I made a decision early on that I'm not gonna require a long thing. I want this to work. And I realized that could play into a client's lack of commitment. I am not the boss of my client's commitment. I just decided a lot. There are coaches that do that and... I'm going to open an invitation to commitment, but I am not going to be the the threatener of that. I'm just not going to. I'm not going to work harder than my clients. And so if my clients don't want to work hard and they want to leave or it's not working for them, that's legit. It causes me so much less suffering. And if it causes them suffering, they they, they haven't been willing to meet me. So sometimes it's a fit, sometimes it's a not. Sometimes, you know, I had a client whose mother was passing away and she wanted to spend time with her. I've had clients come and go and then come back. Um, You do got to go back to the beginning of this, uh, Mark. I've got some good stuff. There's some practical things in here. Um, so churn is a thing and energetically, you know, I was used to creating clients regularly and then having them for a long time. And I am a very relationship driven person. Um, and I'm also slow to start because I'm shy at first, even as the coach. And so I'm learning how to foster relationships and I am, um, I'm learning the things that people leave for. And sometimes it's totally legit. And other times it's cause I've failed. And so this is one that I failed at huge, huge, huge. This is one of those things I didn't realize what I didn't know until I didn't know it. Um, because financially, your money isn't made in the first few months that your clients are there. It's made in the long term. So after churn is a thing, number eight is onboarding. I failed at the onboarding process. So I had like a welcome email and added you to a Facebook group. And that wasn't enough. So uh, you have got to teach people. And this is actually one of the things I've got to implement this week, even though I'm closing the doors. When they hit the buy now button and get that thank you page, there has got to be a video of your face welcoming welcoming them and letting them know what's next. So I get my own emails. I have had so many clients that the welcome email itself, much less the reminder emails, go straight to spam. Even though I have a spam score of zero on the back end, they weren't getting the communication I was sending. They'd say, I signed up, I got nothing. And so that, I'm mortified of that. So there's that. And then you have to teach people how to actually use your membership site. And especially if you have a lot of stuff, you have to say, go here first, go here second, go here third, and don't worry about the rest. You'll figure it out. We've got to teach people how to use the membership program. Otherwise, they go, they walk in, 
have you ever walked into like, I've walked into a department store and I just, there's just so much and it's not organized well. And you go, I got to get out of here. And so that can actually happen. Um, they talk a lot about that in, I have a couple of membership books. Um, one is the membership economy, but there's another one. I can't remember the name of it that actually talks through some of that. So I was about, I'm still working 18 months in. I'm still, I've actually created it a little bit better. <laughs> I'm still getting better and better at the onboarding. Um, number nine, personal connection matters. So this is, I was in a very powerful membership program. It was a teaching program. I got lots of teaching skills. There were some coaching in it, but even the coaching to me was kind of teaching. It's powerful. I learned a lot. I sat and listened and watched and I'm shaking my desk. Sorry, I'm shaking my camera. I sat and worked, uh, uh, watched a lot and I learned. I mean, I'm the kind of person that will sit down and listen to something or participate in something and I will take an insight and I will implement it. I got tremendous value about it. And in the 18 months I was in a program, I knew one other person who happened to be my co-coach because we decided to take that program together. And if I had had a community of people the way I did, like I see Mark Silverman here and Mark is one of my colleagues and my buddies and we were in a program together and we have, we even though our businesses don't even run parallel, we still as business buddies run parallel and talk to each other and support each other and share ideas and and having community is so valuable. I'd probably still be in her program going on the third year if there was community, but I didn't know another soul in there. And I think some people, and actually this teacher at one point had said she did it because she didn't want people to know when they left, which she has the right to do. But I have to let my ego go. Some people are going to come and go and I don't need to hide my numbers. So that's, that's um, personal connection matters. There's a functional model of doing this. And then there's a relational model. And so I chose to do the relational model with the system. So one of the other things I've done too, is I've actually joined quite a few membership programs and stayed for a few months just to watch and see if somebody's doing something that I'm not doing or see I joined a membership program um, that I realized was a totally functional model um, if you want to know what it, if you want to do click funnels and infusion soft and know how to build out funnels and that's it and basically want to have the templates for everything I've got the membership program for you it's got a thousand people in it She's killing it financially. And in that room, when people would ask questions, I never saw the leader respond. There would be question after question unanswered. And so I realized, oh, that's like a functional model. I'm not running a functional model. We are 80% mindset and belonging and the last 20% skills and, and implementation. To me, the whole picture is important, but I am, um, and if you're a new member and haven't received this from me, you probably will at some point this week. But one of the things I want to do is like when a new member comes in within a couple of weeks, I want to send a welcome video and just a connection. I want to have a new member orientation and I don't want it to be on replay. I want it to be where I actually connect with them face to face. And so one of my early goals is that um, I stole this idea from one of my former mentors, Rich Lippin. As his room grew, he decided he wanted it to feel more intimate. And so my goal is from the beginning has been when there are 333 people, I want it to feel just as intimate as there were when there were 13 or when there were 30. And so working on that, and that does require a little bit of time, but it's the stuff I love. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'm in my Facebook group. So the per, for, for me, personal connection matters. And even if you have a functional model, I think a lot of people are going to membership because they see it as leverage. And I will say, I am now replaced the massive income that I had before, and I am well on my way to a million dollars. And then the next goal is to net a million dollars. And I am well on my way to doing that 10 to 20 hours a week. Um, definitely less than 10 hours a week on coaching calls, actually two, four, maybe six hours a week on coaching calls. Um, and then the rest is just um, either planning or creating content or, or just loving, all, I call it loving all my people, loving all my people. I'm, you know, technically I was done for the day, but I wanted to do this and then I'm, I'm done for the day. So I can either play online and make rounds and love all my people, or if I need to go do something, I can do something. Whereas before I was working nonstop, both in real real estate coaching and in my one-on-one -on -one practice. 
And so for me, I, I get that some people are wanting to do this because they're trying to leverage and make more money with more people for less time. I wanted to connect with more people. And I'm still able to have deep connections. Um, there's some people that take it, some people that don't. We also do um, very low fee live events a couple of times a year um, so that people can come. And we had one last October and it was just amazing to basically have a giant slumber party with my clients and connect with them on that level because the personal connection does matter to me. I have never been a leader from the pulpit um, where I am beneath spending time with my people. I see my clients and I told one of my clients today as I was talking to her, she was like, I'm, I love this program. I'm trying to figure out how it works for me. And I was like, show up as a leader. Don't show up as a student. And I invite all my clients to show up as leaders. I am not the kind of leader that needs you to follow me. I'm the kind of leader that wants to stand beside my peers and all of my clients are peers. And so relationship, personal connection matters. It matters. It takes a little bit of extra effort because you have all these systems set up. And so I'm not super consistent at it, but my heart is there. And then this is the last thing. Let me take a sip of water. Mark says, teach them how to benefit from the membership. Yes, that uh, big mistake on my part. I'm still learning. And I, that's the other thing. So right now, when I've got ideas to implement, I do have some time, but it, I'm now at the phase where it's time for me to hire somebody to implement that says, hey, Allison, make this video, say what you need to say, and then they'll get it all tied up. Uh, Stacy, Stacy, a new solely says, Oh yes. Hi. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, good. That's the example. Says number one, Stacy was start before you're ready. Um, and I remember before I get to this last one, I remember when the doors opened. So these are some behind the scenes things. Um, I actually sold my house, bought a new house that was way less expensive. I cut my expenses way down. And I finished up all my clients except for one one-on-one. -on -one, and I got my income down to less than $2,000 a month, which just doesn't happen. That hasn't happened since I was a babysitter in high school. And so I got that down. And I thought that when I would open the door, because a lot of people had said, if you do this, I'm in. If you do this, I'm in. I thought that when I opened the door, I would have enough people. And the first day I opened the door, nobody signed up. And I was having a panic attack. But then I heard my mentor, who has a $17 million life coaching business, bye Mark, um, she said her first day, nobody signed up and she has a huge audience. So they technically say that like you should have a list of 10,000 people and all this other stuff. And I consulted with a few people who've uh, done some work and she was like, no, you have a really, you might have a smaller tribe and a smaller database and a smaller group of people, but you have really loyal people. And so here's what was amazing. The woman that has 150,000 on her list still had nobody sign up her first day and had a panic attack. And so I just realized it marketing, <laughs> Marketing takes time. Marketing takes seeds and exposure. And um, I remember kind of hovering around 30 people and a lot of 100%, hundred <laughs> percent of any stunt in growth I had over the last 18 months is because my brain could not see it. I could dream about it, but I couldn't, I couldn't think it. I could I could put it on a vision board or I could write it on a goal list, but I couldn't quite connect that to the way my brain was thinking. And I remember calling, uh, I have a mentor that earns quite a significant amount of money running a couple of um, very, 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 very successful uh, businesses, not online. And I was so excited to have this mentoring thing with her. And I just knew she was going to give me this magic pill, this piece of business advice to implement that was going to explode my membership. And so I showed up and I said, I just can't get past 50. I just can't get past 50. And I thought she was going to have this thing that I could implement in my business and it was going to get past 50. And she said, you already know all the things. Um, you can't get past 50 because you keep saying you can't get past 50. And it was just like, oh my gosh, even my billion dollar mentor knows that being impeccable with my word is what matters, is that aligning my thoughts to my dreams matters more than any action I take. Because when I align my thoughts to my dreams, then I can't help but take action. And so, um, yes, Mary, exactly. It takes an average of seven touches before a person buys in. And so, um, 
The other thing I experimented, I didn't put on here, but the other thing I experimented with was hiring some really awesome people to do a Facebook ads campaign. It's it's interesting because it did bring about 20 that stayed really amazing clients that I had never heard of before and that had never heard of me. Um, so I'm glad that I did that for, um, I'm glad that I did that to expand my tribe. It was really expensive because I paid them to create the funnel. Yes, I have a funnel. The funnel was a webinar. It was Facebook ads to a webinar, um, to email, to invite you in. And so there's some other ways to do that. But for me, I wanted to experiment it. I had seen people that don't use Facebook, but use Facebook ads, create very successful businesses. And as a businesswoman, I wanted to experiment with some different systems and tools. Um, if I had a lot of cash flow, I would probably do that again the next time I open the doors because um, I, I think it's a great way. I know a little bit more, so I would slightly change my messaging. That was the other thing I had never really had to hone in on my messaging. And if you are going to spend money on Facebook ads, you need to know who exactly you're talking to. And um, then also, so there's a difference between the price of ads and the return on ads and the price to have things built out. And so I spent about $12,000 having things built out and I spent about $12,000 on ads and the administration of those ads, uh, maybe even a little bit more. And eventually that will pay off when clients stay in longer. And, and so some of my clients, one of them that was just here, she might still be Debbie Shannon is one of my rising stars. And Debbie came through that. And so I would never have met Debbie without that. I met some really right aligned clients. And for right now, originally I was thinking in January, I would start that up again. And I decided in December to switch some things around and I've gotten just as many clients in the last two weeks as I did in a three month ad campaign. So that was fascinating. I love my gals though, if you're looking for that, to do it on the high end. Um, and when I mean high end, I mean talent. I mean, they know what they're doing and yes, it costs money. So I have a team that I really love for that. Facebook ads wise. And the final thing I'll say, yes, Rebecca Ann. Oh, Rebecca, I was a nanny for Rebecca and she is a grown ass woman with a very successful pottery studio business. And she has two locations in the Bay area, one in San Francisco and one on the other side. And Rebecca, I still want to bring um, a set of clients. I want to bring some uh, circle clients out to do some pottery. So yes, I just had to, as a coach, it's fascinating because Facebook, it's really hard to talk about what you do as a coach. And so learning how to do that is really helpful. There's Debbie. Okay, the, the, fast, the, the last thing I really just want to say is that I'm so thankful to Kay Blonde. Um, Kay Blonde and I have been co-coaching. She and I were in the real estate world together and she was a client of mine and she left the real estate world and started her practice. And at some point we took that program together and then we coach every other Friday morning. And Kay has been my biggest cheerleader from day one. And Kay has always pointed me back to what is working. And, and to be honest, this is the part that not many people know. And I'm just now sharing with my clients, although my longtime clients probably know, like Deidre, you know, um, as I was going for, through this, I would feel completely confident and then I would feel totally scared. I, I was running the gamut between like I was so I was willing to let it be an experiment, but I was determined to not let it fail. And I was investing more money. I was going back into debt after having gotten out of it. I'm, I'm working to create something new. I'm eliminating everything else from my life. And so for me, it was another layer of risk. And I would work on it all the time. And then I would rest. And then I would work on it all the time. And so there were times when I felt really calm. And every time I'm on the call, I would feel confident. But all the other pieces, I would, I doubt was would creep in. And so um, number 11 is run faster, or I guess number 10, run faster than your doubt. Go faster than your doubt. Um, and where I am today, as the energy of the new year shifts, and my clients are already noticing it. I don't have an ounce of doubt anymore. I don't have an ounce like, and, and that's the other thing is I think so often we are waiting for confidence to make a decision. Um, Rebecca, I was going to say, I bet, I bet you get this. Cause I remember talking to Rebecca and she told me that she just wrote the largest check she'd ever written. Now you guys can probably make up the math in your mind on a five-year lease 
in San Francisco, a huge commercial space. And she just opened up her second huge commercial space um, in the, um, uh, uh, I'm getting it confused with Calistoga. It's near Calistoga, but it's not Calistoga. Um, And so it's, it's what we do. If you wait until you are confident, if you wait until it's perfect, you don't have that time. Run faster than your doubt. When you have an aligned idea, so many of us get in alignment and then we have an amazing idea and then we get caught in the the stickiness and the suckiness of the doubt. And so learning how to manage our doubt along the way. And Rebecca, I bet this is, this is right. Like that's what helped you go to the first one and made you willing. It's like, I've done this again. I've done the hard part. I can do the hard stuff again. So instead of avoiding the hard stuff, run through the hard stuff, learn how to do it. And so for now I am, I love that my year long members get the breathe y'all t-shirts and y'all are going to see me wearing them all the time because they're so comfortable. So I'm buying one for every day of the week for myself. I'm just going to be like Steve Jobs and just wear the same t-shirts every single day run through the doubt and today it's working it is not just working it has worked it has um i told my husband he's so funny he's like if you're making all this money where's the money and i said honey right now i'm paying back all the debt i incurred to get it and i'm also paying forward i'm putting money in my future which is something i've never done and so i'm still choosing to live off of 10 to 15 percent of my income so that I can put money in the future. And when all that is caught up, which is going to be really quickly here, um, then I'm moving. <laughs> then I'm spending, you'll see me spending a little bit more money. <laughs> um, but right now, I am so proud of myself. I'm so proud of my members. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself for being an early adopter of something. I'm so proud of myself for doing all 11 of these things. I'm so proud that I started before I was ready. And, um, what I really love is that um, it's funny because I actually did a membership program my very first year on my own, and it was called Soulful. It was called Soulful Living Mondays, and it was thirty three dollars a month. And I think I probably made three to four hundred dollars a month with just a few people. We at the most we may have had twenty five. I don't even remember the numbers, but they weren't big. And what's fun is some of my clients now were in that very first. At the time, those were called continuity programs. There wasn't this idea of the membership economy except for Netflix. And now we see what Netflix has done. We see what gyms do. We see what people in the online world are starting to do. My doctor runs a membership program. My veterinarian now runs a membership program. Um, all these different things. And so I'm just really proud of myself for creating what I've created. I'm really, really proud of my clients for who they be and how they show up. I'm really proud of my clients for sticking with me. I'm really proud of my clients for taking action. I'm really proud on Mondays, I ask a question, what's a quick win? What's your obstacle and what's the step you can take? And it's so fun because that one little question that gets them started on a Monday and then they come back and go, I created a $10,000 client out of this. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I love on Fridays, we celebrate the wins. Um, the wins. And it's so fun because sometimes when you're in a membership group and you're not talking to people one-on-one all the time, you don't, you know, a lot of people were, were afraid to brag. And so I asked my clients to brag every Friday about anything. It could be inner work. It could be outer work. And it's been so fun. I've lost 50 pounds. I bought a Tesla. I filled my first $10,000 program. I took time off of my business and rode my horses. Um, I spent time with my kids. I didn't kill my mother at Christmas. You know, whatever it is, all these wins of that ultimately I realized that's exactly, and I started this out by saying my mission is to help people live better life and better work. And I believe that soulful people deserve success. And I believe that successful people deserve soul. And um, that's what this community was created for. And so I love it. Rebecca, your membership model is a secret to my success. I still want to help your people if I can, or even if it's just you. Um, I just am really proud of myself. And so I wanted to share some of these things with you um, that I've learned, the resources. I probably could have grabbed those books. Um, One of them is The Membership Economy. And the other one is, let me see, it's a red book too. Um, What is that book? Maybe it's a white book. 
there's another book. I don't know where it is right now. There's another book I started reading and then I started implementing because a lot of times these books have great ideas. Um, oh, Retention Point. This is what the other one is. So the second one, the membership economy and the retention point. Um, if I were you, I would start with the retention point, mostly because this is where I failed. This is what I didn't see. And so um, I thought you cannot think if they build it, they will come. You have to think, um, you have to have that relational model. And when I was scared, I was all in the foundations. But when the fear started going away, I'd come back to my heart. And so what I really love today as we're simplifying things to, uh, today, today, yeah, today is, is technically we are out of launch phase and I am in growth phase. We are, we have spent 18 months figuring this thing out and today feels dropped in. It feels, um, it feels robust. It always felt valuable, but now I don't have any doubt in the value um, and I'm excited to pass that on. I'm excited, Stacy, for you to begin your membership program. I'm excited for the artists that come and be in my group. Deidre, I've watched you go from hidden to teaching in Bali last month. Um, I've, I have Christy, um, Monica. Monica is getting ready to launch her world, and I'm so excited. And I'm so excited that other people are doing this. And and it's it's. To me, there's two things. There's the aspect of your, your talent. There's your talent. I believe that I'm one of the most talented coaches on earth. I believe that I have exquisite coaching conversation talent. I had a conversation yesterday with a man that owns a tech company here. And, and he reached out to me for some help. I called him yesterday. I asked him, I probably talked a little too much. And I asked him one question and he wrote me today. He said, that question changed everything for me in one instant. I got more value than I ever anticipated. And he watches everything I do. But here's the thing. Our value is not enough. We've also got to learn how to sell and market. We've got to learn how to love selling and marketing and systems and infrastructure if we truly want to be a business. Even if I don't have a brick and mortar store, I am a business. I've got to think like a CEO and I have, and until I have any of these other positions, I've got to do it. And so, um, we we can, we can perfect our, uh, our our talent and keep. I'm always working on being a better coach, so we'll never be any in. But I'm also don't realize that this is what I was doing. What I was doing this morning before I even started my coaching skills was I was actually reading something and taking notes on how to better teach my client sales skills. So Solis that are here, one of the themes, the theme, <laughs> let me just tell you what the business theme is this year. <laughs> the business theme is learn how to sell. Falling in love with sales. We are going to be talking about sales because I know y'all are skilled at your coaching, you're skilled at real estate, you're skilled at your art. And where we get stuck is falling in love and learning how to develop your um, natural sales style plus your technical skills. And so, no, Stacy, it's no longer your Achilles. You're in the right place. We are going to be learning sales. And I'm teaching myself how to teach all simply because in the past, I have my brain thinks my brain thinks in explosions and most people can't ha handle that. So I've already written down three steps to teach all about things. Um, so I am so excited about, this is what I want. I want people to come and say, I want people to come and stay because they're like, I get everything I need. I get love and support and emotional management and I get um, a loving kick in the booty. I get new ideas. I get community. I get collaborators. I get leadership. I get to be a leader and my skills and my sales skills are bar none. And I want to help a bunch of these other, um, you guys who are my soulies, Y'all know that I, um, my brand type is the sage and the girl next door. And I want to help a whole bunch of you girls next door create a million dollar business, a net a million dollar business. Freddie loves sales. I love it, Freddie. That's the other thing. Y'all show up as leaders. If you've got something that can help these people, let's help one another. And so um, that's the other reason. The other reason that this has worked is because I have put in the time on task in selling it and I'm not ashamed to sell it. I am so fucking proud to sell this. I'm so fucking proud to invite people. Um, and so that's what I got. My 12 things, I'll read them quickly one last time. 
Number one, I'm glad I started before I knew what I was doing. Um, and I'm grateful for the people that started with me from the beginning and that are still here 18 months later. Y'all's t-shirts are in the mail or already at your house. Um, system number two, systems and infrastructure keep me sane. The tools were worth the investment. It scared me because I just paid off my debt and ran it right back up. Um, and I am a thousand dollars from paying that off now. Less is more. Um, less content is more. Less calls is more. People get overwhelmed and leave. You cannot, number four, you cannot be attached to clients and how they show up. There is no place for my ego. There's no, my clients are the hero. And if something is disappointing to me, I will figure it out. But I cannot take my clients, either skills, results, showing up uh, personally, because when I do, it takes away from me helping my clients. Number five, create an agreement and call forward commitment in your members if they want, you know, call, invite them to commitment as if it's a one-on-one -on -one client. Um, create a common, common language, create a common language, create terms, create benchmarks like Kajabi. If you sell $1,000 with Kajabi, you get a t-shirt. If you sell $10,000, you get a stupid hat, right? Start creating language that they can recognize. So by calling my people solely, they say, I, I, um, I'm a solely. I, I had so many people. Once I started referring to my membership people as solies, I get messages that say, I want to be a solely. I want to be a solely. I want to be a solely. What does that mean when you say I'm a decider? Breathe, y'all. Like everybody in my community knows. And it was funny. The only person that gets this t-shirt before everybody else is the person that said you should make a t-shirt because she helped me turn that light bulb on of common language. We all want to belong and we all want to belong somewhere magnificent. Um, turn is a thing. You're going to have some turnover. And if you focus on who's walking out the door, you are not going to, to love on either your current people or new people. And the best way to reduce churn is not to go get new people. It's to love on your current people. Make it so valuable. This was like Monica. Mona, Monica was like, I don't have the money for this. I'm changing my life and my business where I'm cutting costs and I'm looking at the price of Allison's program no way, man. I can't even show up live, but I am not leaving that orbit. Make your orbit and your content and your connection so valuable that that is the last thing they cut. Um, onboarding, 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 onboarding. Really make the, on, the, the onboarding experience should be like the experience you want your clients to have. And I get a giant fat F in that one. Um, in the next six months, that will be an A plus. We're at about a C minus right now. I'm so thankful for my, my client's grace. Um, so with the onboarding, teach people how to use their membership. Teach them how to use their membership. I also heard a thing from um, uh, another little interjection from here from Seth Godin. I think he has a membership program. I don't know. I can't, I can't, I've listened to so many. And they created a thing where they, they have a membership program with thousands of people. But when you go in, you get in with seven people. You're matched with a pod. You get in a little pod. And so that's something that I might create. Right now, it feels like too much, like I already have so much. But creating a pod or a partner or having a leadership partner that they can reach out to one-on-one. -on -one. So somebody's not just in individually out there. Like Rebecca, I think of you with your pottery studios and I'm so shy at first. And so let's say I go and sign up in my mind, when I go to make some pottery, I want there to be somebody I know. I mean, the, the small little girl in me and I'm shy at first, but if I knew that I had a team that was going to be there working together at the same time, that's when I'm going to show up. Um, Personal connection matters, so just be aware, are you running a functional model or a relational model? Because they're very different. And um, number 10, well, 11, I don't know. The end here gets fuzzy. It's totally working and I'm proud. So be really proud. And as you build these things, focus on all the things that are working instead of focus on what's not working. You can correct what's not working, but if you miss out on celebrating what is, you're really hurting yourself. So celebrate what is. So any questions before I leave? Um, any questions before I leave? I love it. Stacy even referred Ashton before Ashton got in there. That's the other thing you could, you can, I'm really teaching my clients how to give referrals. Definitely implement this pod concept ASAP. I know. I think I'm going to do that too. I decided not to do it in January, but in February we might. Mary, would you like to lead a pod? Mary says, pod's a cool idea, right? So this is the other thing where, where I'm going from here. 
And I always had a vision. I had it up on my wall forever until I cleaned it out. But part of my vision was me to, to build this. And then I want to create other leaders. How do I create other leaders in this? It doesn't have to be all about me. So Mary, you are officially our first pod leader, um, our pod leader. And pod, we'll, we'll figure out what that is, right? But it's a way for people if they want to be... Um, you know, some people aren't comfortable in big groups. <laughs> some people want, I would have loved to have a little pod. And when I was in my membership, I, I'm so appreciative. There's a couple of people that have been in the program forever. And um, like one of them is Judy from, um, Judy is a realtor from Oklahoma. And we chat every once in a while. I've never seen Judy on a live call. But Judy keeps playing, you know, she's so excited to get her super sold t-shirt. So she's getting value some way. And if she wants to be far away, she can. But if there is some value in, in having the pot or something, you know, some, everybody wants something different in a membership. It's, that was a mind fuck compared to one-on-one -on -one work. My question about membership. Okay, Stacy, bring it. Podcast, we're going to, we'll see if we uh, cut out the Q&A or if we um, wrap it up here because <laughs> um, there's a little bit of delay since I'm interacting with the audience live. But yeah, I'm, uh, so Stacy, I'm waiting for your question about membership. I will say from what I know, um, I love it. Thank you, Rebecca, for tagging your leadership team. Um, Y'all can follow uh, Clay by the Bay and um, Barlow. And what is Barlow? And what is your second one? Shit, how do I tag people to share this? I love it. Barlow, I can't remember the second word of your second store. In your opinion, is a website necessary to process reoccurring monthly membership fees? What are the options? Um, you know what, Stacy? Here's what I'm going to do. I don't normally tell people what to do. Stacy, I want you to... Um, there are quite a few people. Monica is one of them. Monica, you know a little bit more about Kajabi. So, Monica, does Kajabi process those payments? And Peter Weller is in our group, too. He's an expert in this, and he actually helps coaches set up with it. So, from what I've heard, Kajabi, when you have an online space, will process your payments, will process, will host your classes, will host your community, can give a timeline. Barlow Clay. Thank you, Rebecca. Makes sense. Barlow Clay. Um, <clears throat> so I here's why I wanted recurring well A I like recurring payments Recur recurring payments have been even when I was charging high fee for coaching I'd have you put a big chunk down and then you could pay a thousand dollars a month but I'd still have you pay four or five thousand dollars down um, I'm, I like money every month it helps me budget better um, but here's what you don't want to do Stacey, you do not want to be a bill collector. And every single month, somebody's credit card changes. And so when that processes, if it fails, you want a system that automatically handles that. And so every once in a while, I have to reach out and say, hey, by the way, did you know your credit card failed? And most of the time, they say... I had fraud, I got a new card, and I say there's a link in your inbox right now to fix it, and they fix it, and then I actually have to manually run it again. I do not want to be, I would have lost so much money if I didn't have something that automatically helps me go through that process because people's credit cards are changing all the time, and I do not want to sit down once a month and bill everybody. That's the other thing. Not all my clients get billed on the same day. They get billed on the same day that they signed up. So Monica says, um, so Kajabi interfaces with different processors. So does Entreport. I have Entreport with uh, PayPal. I will tell you one of the things that I've done business-wise, um, because I have enough revenue coming through PayPal and because I have a history of revenue, PayPal loves to give me loans. And so one of the ways I've actually, here's some bonus content for you. I have really, really, really good credit. So I get, Bill laughs at me because I get credit card offers all the time for 0% interest. And I have done that a lot to manage my business debt. You know, I'll pay a small fee and I'll move it over while I pay it down. And um, PayPal started offering me very juicy sums of money. And so I have one credit card, my business credit card, my business doesn't, is not, um, it's at 14%. And so I 
paid off the business card and put it on a PayPal line of credit at a much lower interest rate. Actually, it wasn't an interest rate. It was a fee that calculated to an interest rate. But what I can set it up to do is automatically take 30%. So um, every single payment that comes in goes to pay that down. So I've paid down $20,000 of debt in two months. Um, so Monica says, what are some ideas besides common language? What are some other ways to build community? Um, we have office hours. We have happy hours. <laughs> so sometimes like at Christmas, I didn't want to have an office hours. I wanted to have a happy hour like we would. And so my clients are all around the world, literally Israel, Europe, Australia, America, Mexico, Canada, Japan, my clients are all over the world. And so we have happy hours. One of my favorite things to do, and I'm still working out how to do this well, is in person. I'm going to call them weekend aways. So solely weekend aways. Um, it was called something else in October, but I'm going to be having a couple of solely weekends away where we rent a Airbnb and everybody just shares the cost and we all cook together. And so it's really low. I only take a fee that helps me reserve the Airbnb space. And so it's, you know, my live event, uh, Camp Starheart, it's the early bird right now is $888 and the full price ticket is $1,222. And so this is not, it's just as an exquisite, exquisite, even more private. So doing weekends away and you don't have to do them Monica my way I know other people that do weekends away like oh we're going to be in New Orleans and they do meetups and stuff like that so getting together in person as often as I can without spending a lot of money because doing a live event costs me twenty thousand dollars um and I I the way you make money on live events is by selling something else but I wanted to create some way for us to be together. That's the other thing. I had um, peers that were like, oh, can I come to your thing? And I was like, no, it's members only. <laughs> members have earned the right to, to be at this party. And so really making things special for memberships, letting people get things. That's the other thing. I don't know if many of you noticed, and I still give a lot of content, but I was going live and sharing content every single day. And I share that stuff with my clients. I'm, I'm not giving it away to the whole damn world anymore. I worked for a time and I'm tired of that. So I love to show up for my clients and give them stuff. I let them see my P&L. I share with them my deepest tricks and tips and skills and stuff. But I, I got tired of giving to everybody and, and just running ragged. Okay. I love it, Rebecca. You're calling in your people. All right, you guys. Any other questions? Uh, that was a great one, Monica. That was a great one, uh, Stacy. too. Stacey, I would look into Kajabi. And either way, if you're a business, so this is the other thing. I, I don't. It depends on where you are. I know a lot of people are brand new and they don't like to pay credit card fees. From the day I started my business, uh, hello, credit cards are so much easier. First of all, I don't run around in cash and I had to look for 20 minutes yesterday for my checkbook. And... Um, I, I, for some reason, I always use a pizza parlor, which is so not a business I would start. But I'm like, if I were a pizza parlor, this is what I would have done before I opened the doors. If I was a pizza parlor, I'd take a credit card. I get to deduct my payment, my credit card processing fees. And a lot of people, I got so turned off when they were like, oh, my fee is $1,000, but you need to pay the 2.7% credit card fee. No, I don't. I'm a business. I pay the credit card processing fees. And having... Um, I, you know, there may be newer things, but I've had PayPal set up for 15 years and it works. I never have any problem. And at the end of the year, I go in and there's all my tax reports in one place. I pay 2.5% because I run so much money through there. Um, it recurs. If I need to take somebody's money, I can take money. I can interface it with all my stuff. So, um, that's my thing. And if, if you need something like that, Figure out what you need, decide what you want, decide how you want your transactions to look, how you want failed payments to look, and then call the company and ask them to set you up. Have somebody help you set up with that. Um, all right, anything else? Mama getting hungry, she needs to eat. And then I got one more call with somebody who I was supposed to call yesterday. I totally forgot. I said, oh, I'll call you Monday. And I didn't put it in my calendar. And she's like, did I miss the deadline? I was like, for you, I opened it because I forgot to call you. 
<laughs> thank y'all so much for watching, for being here. And those of you that are Solis, thank you so much for being a Soli. Um, if you want to find out more about my membership program, you can find that at www.coachwithallison.com. And the doors, I, the, I'm going to close the doors in the next week or so. I'm not going to really be selling it, but I'm going to breathe. And then I'm going to close the doors. That's another thing. I don't know if this would work for Rebecca, but in online memberships, close your doors. Close your doors and love on your people. If you have open enrollment, people don't buy. But if you close the doors, it, it's it's proven. I didn't believe it at first. I didn't want to do it at first. And it works. <laughs> it works. All right, you guys. I love you. Thanks for spending time with me today. I appreciate your input, your encouragement. Some of you, I appreciate your money. <laughs> and I will see you on the inside. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.